You know, I've been on this podcast a long time and I have never told this story and this story couldn't be truer to my heart and true to my journey personally of finding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite being raised in a family that wasn't practicing, being um, raised in a society that wasn't practicing. <laughs> Everything was against me. Everything said, hey, you know, you becoming closer to Allah or more religious is you ruining yourself and ruining your life. And why would you want to do that? In any way, you're lost and you're just following nonsense. You know, we have the right way and you're going astray. But I can tell you decades later that that wasn't true and they were completely wrong. So today I want to tell you the story, well, one of the stories in Islam, Islamic story, very famous story that changed my life and helped me to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's go. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week on topics that you guys ask. Now, right now, by the way, in the middle of Instagram, we're doing a series of Q&A. I've never really done that before, but you know what it is? A lot of women um, submit questions to me and they want them answered or they make um, these consultation calls and I meet with them and they ask me. And I was like, well, what if I could do a compilation of the most commonly asked questions by women and then just answer them within one minute? on Instagram. And that's what I've been doing. So inshallah, you're going to see that showing up. Um, I've been doing that behind the scenes to post them throughout May and June. So you're going to see those on there. And guess what topic I picked? Because I know everybody's mostly asking me around these first. It is marriage and finding a spouse. So I will actually in, I think it is in July, do some on for married women and for parenting. So we're going to cover it all. We got the gamut in the next couple months, but don't worry. But like right now, because of the the amount of questions that I'm getting from all of you, um, we are going to do a Q&A series on the most commonly asked questions for finding a spouse. So enjoy those throughout May and June. And um, shout out to all the women on Thrive for being so, so amazing the entire Ramadan. And I hope all of you had an amazing Eid. We had such a good time with so many of you that we spent the whole Ramadan with. And I just want to say, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of your ibadah, your fasting, and your good intentions. So today I wanted to share something more personal. Now that Ramadan's over and I was um, supporting all of you throughout you know different things you guys asked me to talk about and we had so many speakers inside of thrive just amazing like muftis and qaris and famous you know um different teachers and who said this from different universities come in and that's all good and i said you know what on this podcast i'm going to do something a bit more personal when i share with you one of the stories that honestly touched my heart um when i heard this story and this is a, a true story, um, an Islamic story. And when I heard this story, I felt like this was my story. It was not my story, clearly. But it was very much my story. And when I heard it, I was moved to tears. Because it literally was like everything I was experiencing but not telling anyone. And then when you have so many things in your heart and your chest and then like you hear someone else's story almost identical to yours, it's just, oh, it just does so much to you. So... This, I'm getting even probably teary-eyed even just thinking about the story <laughs> before I tell it because it means so much to me. And if you don't know this story while well, you're about to hear it, if you, you go on and listen. Um, but if you if you do know the story, it is the story of Salman al-Farisi. 
how um, no one can tell the story of Salman better than himself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him. Um, he, um, he told his story to one of the companions, a close relative of the Prophet, peace be upon him, by the name of Abdullah bin Abbas. And so, alhamdulillah, I'm just going to reiterate what was told um, pretty much verbatim. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help all of us to find our truth. This is a story of truth-seeking, of calling out to Allah, reaching from one corner of the earth to the other to find truth and purpose in your life. And if you're a person who is currently struggling with that, I just want to say, I did too. I did too, and then I obviously got deeper into Islam, and even though my parents didn't show me everything, you know, they did as best they could with what they had. And alhamdulillah, as a woman, I needed to go and learn myself. But I can just learn from anyone. You have to be really careful these days, ladies, who you take your information from. So I do say that I did make so much thought to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he landed me in the middle of New York City with some of the best women on to me on the face of the earth. Because they are so helpful to me in my entire journey. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't just bring me with like some random group or mosque or something. He brought me to women with PhDs. I do not know why this is the first place I went to. But they were women who had degrees in fiqh and um, hadith and Islamic studies. And alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, from my very first interaction with Islam, it came from them. So I know not everyone has the best experiences with other Muslims and friends. You see a lot of people around you doing the wrong thing and this and that. And sometimes you have family members who are just downright leading you astray. So if you have experienced that, I mean, because that was my experience outside of these women that I was brought to. It was just like a whole lot of like, don't be religious, do this instead. So I totally can connect with all of that. And I think you're going to love this story so much as much as I do about somebody who has just tried their best to figure out what truth is. And by the end, Allahu Akbar is just quite a beautiful ending if you stay till the end. Alhamdulillah. But let's tell the story from Salman from what he said himself. I was a Persian man from the people of Isfahan, from a town known as Jay. My father was the town chief. Pressure, right? To him, I was the most beloved creature of Allah. Now, um, alhamdulillah, this is the indication of good behavior, right? Towards his father, the way he's speaking of him. His love of me reached the point whereby he trusted me to supervise the fire he lit. He would not let it die down. My father owned uh, a day, a great country with Arab land. One day, and while busy with his construction, he told me to go and inspect his dayya and to bring it from some things that he wanted. On my way to his place, I came across a Christian church. I heard the voices of the prayers of the people inside, and I did not know what was going on. Now, by the way, side note, if you're not familiar with this story, um, he, he was from a people that were fire worshipers. So let's just call it shirk, because basically it's shirk either way. Right. If you, you want to believe in modern day shirk or you want to pray to fire, a tree, you know, whatever it is that you want to pray to, whether it's a, a human being made to be like God. At the end of the day, this is shirk. Now, I want to tell this too to people who are not familiar. Um, back in the day, too, there was a different type of Christianity that was monotheistic. It wasn't um, it wasn't this like three in one thing. So Alhamdulillah, as you listen, I just wanted you to bear these things in mind. And uh, so alhamdulillah, he came across this church and he did not know what goes on with the lives of the people outside because my father kept me confined to his house. So when I came across the people of the church and I heard their voices, I went inside watching what they were doing. 
When I saw them, I liked their prayers and became interested in their matter of religion. I said to myself, by Allah, this religion is better than ours. So he's clearly here open-minded, right? By Allah, I I did not leave them until sunset. Now, remember, his father kept him close because he didn't want him influenced by anyone else, and he was the, the, the chief, the leader. And he gave himself kind of the time to find out about the religion, which he thought then was the right belief at the time, right? Alhamdulillah. And um, he said, I left without actually inspecting my father's da'i, that da'iya, that he asked, and the people of the church. And I was thinking, what is the origin of this religion? Right? He's seeking the origin. He wants the truth. He's, he was sparked in some way. And he wanted to know, like, whoa, this, these people, this is not what we believe. They said, in Hashem, I returned to my father who became worried and sent someone after me. Upon my arrival, he said, oh, son, where have you been? Didn't I trust you with an assignment? I said, I came across some people praying in their church, and I liked what they were on from their religion. By Allah, I sat with them until sunset. Now, if you're asking me to say by Allah, I mean, in the time in the translation, this is God. God is one. So anyway, subhanAllah, he was incredibly honest with his father. His father said, oh, son, there is no good in that religion. The religion of your father and forefathers is better. And this is the theme of those who blindly follow others and their matters of faith, by the way. And this reminds us of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran where he said, And those who disbelieve say, listen not to the Quran and make noise in the midst of its recitation that you may overcome. Or they might say, um, we found our fathers following a certain way in religion and we guide ourselves by their footsteps. Also it said, um, nay, we shall follow that which our forefathers followed. And all this is from the Quran. Um, the first one, sorry, was Ayat 41.26, then 43.22, then 31.21. And also in the Quran 28.36, never did we hear amongst our fathers of the old. And so there's a lot of references in the Quran of this mistake of people not following the, the true path and being like, oh, well, that's what we do in our culture. That's really what we're boiling it down to, guys. Like, oh, that's what we do in our house. Oh, like, that's my people. Oh, that's what we do in our country. Like, that's actually complete ignorance and jahiliya, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I want you to think about that the next time, you know, it's pressed upon us that our culture supersedes Islam in our daily life. Anyway, Salman said, no, by Allah, it's better than our religion. Salman said, he threatened me and chained me by my foot and kept me confined to his home. So he didn't mean to torture him. What he's trying to do in his mind as a parent is protect him, right? Keep him away from things that are influencing him heavily. And the next part of the story, he said, I went to the Christian requesting to let them know of the arrival of any Christian trade caravan coming from Hashem. A trade caravan arrived and they informed me about it. I told the Christians to keep me informed about the people of the caravans once they finish their business and are about to return to their country. I indeed was informed when the people of Hashem finished their business and were about to return to their country, I took off the chains from my foot and accompanied them until we reached Hashem. So he didn't just surrender under his dad's orders. He's, he was really striving for this truth. He was dedicated to this truth and he um, found a way to escape and he went to follow to Hashem. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran 29, 69, as for those who strive hard in us, our cause, we will surely guide them to our paths. And how many of us, you know, we're struggling with our families, 
right? We want to be more religious. We want to do the right thing. But they're just like, no, no, not now. Don't put hijab now. Put it later when you get married. What about this? What about that? This is quite similar. I'm, I want to make that connection for you. So man decided he made up his mind. He took that long journey, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was glorified knowing his honesty assisted him by making it easy for him to find this ride to where he was going. Now, uh, Salman said, upon my arrival, I asked, who is the best amongst the people of this religion of yours? And, you know, he was looking for them and they said, the bishop, he's in the church. I came to him and said, I like this religion and I love to be with you serving in your church and learn from you and pray with you. So he goes on and he spends time under this bishop and he learns from him, alhamdulillah. And, you know, at the time, this was what was the closest thing other than fire worshiping for him. And the bishop said, okay, you can see me. And I joined him. And after a while, Saman knew something about this bishop. He was a bad man who ordered and motivated his people to pay charity only to keep it for himself. He did not give it to the poor. He heaped it up in seven jars with gold and silver. So this is just one example of the corrupt and evil doers in every age and in land, you know. There's always a hypocrite in, in, in different, you know, groups, and this is just the way it is. It's not in every group. It's just it happens, right? And Salman, he was aware. So he wasn't blindly searching for truth. So what we can appreciate from his story here is he recognized that even though he was told this guy was great, people were not aware that he was corrupt. And that happens sometimes with leaders, right? And he said, I hated him so much because of what I saw him doing. And then he said, the bishop died. The Christians gathered to bury him. And I told them that he was a bad man who ordered and motivated you to release your charities only to keep it for himself and that he did not give anything to the poor. They said, how do you know this? And I said, I can show you his treasure. And then I, sh and they said, show us. And I showed them the place where he recovered the seven jars, heaps of gold and silver. And when they saw it, they said, by Allah, we will never bury him. And they crucified him and stoned him. So Salman really was searching for his truth. He got let down there, but he didn't give up. And that's a really great reminder for many of us who feel like, you know, we go out on this journey. We want to be close to Allah, but it, things get complicated. You know, things happen and and we feel maybe like, oh, you know, he sat here. He left his entire land to go to another land. We're talking about a time when there was no transportation like it is now. I mean, you know, this is a very serious endeavor. And to do that only to find out that this person was corrupt and that was a complete, almost like a complete waste of time, he could say, right? That's not what he did. And so that's a really close reminder to all of us that sometimes you have to see things and experience things to get to where you're trying to go. And it's not always easy. So they replaced their bishop, and I never saw a man from those who do not pray the five prescribed prayers better than him, and nor a man detached from this worldly life and attached to the hereafter more than him, nor a committed person who works day and night better than him. I loved him more than anything else I loved before. So we saw this complete admiration. You know, this is a time back in the day of apprenticeship, right? That's what he's doing. He's kind of apprenticing under these different um, religious leaders. And, um, you know, subhanAllah, the prayers are foundational in Islam, as we know. And so there were prayers that they did then. And he said, I stayed with him for some time before his death. And when his death approached, I told him, calling on his name, I stayed with you and loved you more than anything else I loved before. Now you're approaching the decree of a law of death. So whom would you recommend me and order me to follow? And the bishop said, by Allah, people are in total loss. They've altered and changed that what they were on. And I do not know of anyone who's still holding on. This is even back then, you see. Except a man named Al-Musil who joined and so joined him. And then he, he gave him how to reach him. When the man died, Salman moved to Al-Musil and 
met the recommended recommended person. He said, I told him that such and such a person um, at that time of his death recommended for me to join you. And this was in, in, in Iraq. He also told me that you are holding the same religion he was, and the man of Musul told Salman to stay with him. And I stayed with him, and I found that he was the best man holding on to the religion of his time and his friend. But soon he died, Salman said, and when death approached him, I asked him the same question. By Allah, I don't know of anyone better than you that accepts, uh, except in this time. Who can you suggest me to? And by Allah, the man said, I do not know of anyone better in our matters except a man in Nasiyabin. And he gave this name to him, so join him. And so one more move, right? Following his death, I moved to the man of Nasiyabin. And Salman found the man and stayed with him for a while. The same story repeated itself. You see, ladies, and I want to just pause here, Allah has a plan. This might seem, oh, so redundant. He gets tossed, he gets tossed, he gets tossed. But subhanAllah, subhanAllah, at the end of the day, um, alhamdulillah, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a need for us to go through these things before we reach our truth. The story repeated itself, death approached, and before he died, Salman came to the man, same one. He, re- he mentioned him another man in um, Amuria. So as Salman moved to this place after his friend died, and he found the new reference and joined him, and he worked and earned some cows and one sheep. Now, the death approached this man again, and he repeated his request, subhanAllah. And alhamdulillah, he got another suggestion. And the bishop knew of the path of Abraham, this one, and the origin of monotheism. And it calls for Allah as one. And the bishop that he was under then knew well the recommendation of Abraham to his children, as the Quran says in 2.132. And this was enjoined by Abraham or Ibrahim upon his son and so Yaqub or Jacob saying, O oh my sons, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you a true religion. Then die not except on the faith of Islam. So subhanAllah, Ibrahim married Sarah and Hajar, and from Sarah's side he had um, Isaac and Yaqub and Joseph and David and Solomon and Musa and Isa. This is the lineage, right? And this is uh, this. And so subhanAllah, we know from this story that, um, you know, the man that he met knew about the coming of a prophet that was coming to Arabia from the brethren of the Israelites. And so he told him um, about basically Rasulullah. So at this point, this man is traveling, 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 not realizing or not knowing that he's getting closer to where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him. So with each person he met, he was closer and closer to Rasulullah. Subhanallah. And the man knew about God's revelation coming from Tima, the north of the city of Medina and Arabia. And he knew about many things, and the Holy One coming from Paran. And subhanAllah, we find about how he got closer and closer. And when the Prophet, peace be upon him, called the people in Mecca to submit to Allah, most of them refused and actually plotted to kill the Prophet. He was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to migrate to those who accepted Islam to the city of Medina. Soon a battle between the few and ill-armed represented by the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his followers and the pagans from Mecca took place in Badr a year after the Prophet's migration, alayhi salatu salam. The Prophet and his companions were victorious. Now the man knew that Jesus, peace be upon him, informed of the coming of the Prophet Ahmed, which is in the Bible, by the way, written as Muhammad. It's the same thing. They wrote Ahmed in the Bible. And it's the same as Muhammad, peace be upon him. It's the same name. 
and the glad tidings in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke on the tongue of Jesus, um, Isa alayhi salatu salam, about, um, you know, there will be one that will call amongst you. And so, subhanAllah, the man that uh, Salman was with died. And he stayed in this area of Amruya until one day some of the merchants from the tribe of Kalb passed by me. Salman said, I told them, take me to Arabia and I will give you some cows and the only sheep I have. And he said, okay. And so he gave them what he offered and he took them there. When they reached Wadi Al-Qura, um, which is close to Medina, they sold him as a slave to a Jew. Subhanallah. So you thought that's where the story was going to get really nice, right? Where he was going to be with Rasulullah and everything was going to work out. But instead, he got put into slavery. Salman stayed with the Jew. He saw the palm trees, and I hope this would be the same place described by my friend Salman said. And a man who was a first cousin to Salman's master and belonged to the Jewish tribe of Bani Quraitha in Medina came visiting one day. He bought Salman from his Jewish master, and he took me with him to Medina by Allah. When I saw it, I knew it, based upon what my friend had described. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his messenger. He stayed in Makkah as long as he did. And I did not hear anything about him because I was very busy in the work of slavery. And he migrated to Medina. Samel continued saying, I was one day on a palm tree on top of one of its uh, adaq, the date clusters, doing some work for my master. A first cousin of him came and stood in front of him and said, Woe to Bani Qila, people of the tribe of Qila. They are gathered in Qibba around a man who came today from Makkah claiming he was a prophet. When I heard this, I shivered, thinking that I was about to fall down on my master. I came down and said, What did you say? What did you say? My master became angry and punched me with a powerful punch and said, what kind of business do you have in this matter? Go mind your business. I said, nothing. I just wanted to be sure of what he was saying. On the evening, I went to the, see the messenger of Allah, um, وسلم, while he was in Qibba. I took with him something I had saved. I went in and said, I was told you're a righteous man and that your company who are strangers are in need and I want to offer you something I saved as a charity. I found that you deserve it more than anyone else. And Salman said, I offered it to him. And he said to his companions, eat. And he kept his hand off. I said to myself, this is one, one of the signs about the prophethood that he like often would take something, a gift given, and he would just like give it to everyone else and hardly keep anything for himself or not keep anything. Now, following the encounter with the prophet, peace be upon him, Salman left to prepare for another test. This time he brought a gift and visited the prophet in Medina. I saw that you didn't eat from the charity. Here's a gift that I wanted to honor you with. The prophet ate from it and ordered his companions to do the same which they did. And I said to myself, now there are two signs. So the first um, thing he used to figure out if the prophet was um, true is that the prophet, peace be upon him, he would never eat from the charity that was given to him. But if something was given to him that was not charity, he would. So the first time he gave him something saying like blatantly, this is charity, and he didn't eat it. And so the second time he brought him something that was not, and he did, but still shared. SubhanAllah. And the third encounter, Salman came to um, Baqi al-Gharqad, the burial site of the Prophet's companions, where the Prophet was sharing in a funeral of one of the companions. And Salman said, I greeted him with the Islamic salam, and I moved towards his back, attempting to see the seal. Because, you know, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he has a seal on his back. And it was described to me by my friend. 
When he saw me doing so, he knew that I was trying to confirm something described to me. He took the garment off his back, and I looked at the seal. I recognized it, and I came down on it kissing and crying. The messenger of Allah told me to move around to talk to him. I told him my story, as I have told you, Ibn Abbas. He, the Prophet, peace be upon him, liked to tell my story to his companions regularly. Salman continued to tell his story to Ibn Abbas. Uh, may Allah be pleased with him. And he missed two battles against the pagans of Arabia. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, um, write to Salman to free yourself of your master. And Salman obeyed and wrote for his freedom. And he reached an agreement in which he would pay his master 40 ounces of gold and would plant and successfully raise up 300 new palms. And the Prophet and his companions um, said help, said to his companions, help your brother. So this is one of the things in the time, you know, when people re- reverted to Islam, um, they would help them. And this is why it's so important to me and everything that we do. A lot of you guys know in... Um, in the Mindful Muslima, in Thrive Muslima that we have, it's really important for us that we embrace reverts. Reverts have a really hard time. And, you know, everybody loves to hear their stories, but it usually stops there. And 97% of reverts, at least, are usually without real support. One of the things you guys might know is that we actually support reverts and uh, embrace them in the work that we do. Um, and alhamdulillah, if you do want to know any more of that and how we do that, you can always DM me. Um, by whom my soul is in his hands, no single tree died, Salman told um, the Prophet, peace be upon him, because he was working so hard to to help. They helped him with the trees and, um, you know, to plant them so he can get his freedom. And so Salman gave the trees to his master and the prophet gave Salman a piece of gold that was the size of a chicken egg and said, take this, O Salman, and pay for what you owe. Salman said, this would be close enough for what I owe. The prophet, peace be upon him, said, take it. Allah will make it pay for what you owe. I took it and I weighed a part of it and it was 40 ounces. Salman gave the gold to his master and he fulfilled the agreement and he was released. Since then, Salman became a close companion of the Prophet. Prophet, peace be upon him. And subhanAllah, one of the great companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, by the name of Abu Huraira, um, may Allah be pleased with him, reported, we were sitting in the company of Allah's messenger when Surah Al-Jum'ah, chapter 62 of the glorious Quran was revealed and he recited these words. And he, Allah, has sent him Muhammad, also to other Muslims who have not joined them, but they will come. A person amongst them said, Allah's messenger, but Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, didn't reply until he questioned him once, twice, thrice. And there was amongst us Salman al-Farisi. And the, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, placed his hand on Salman and said, even if faith were near which is the highest star, a man amongst these would surely attain it. SubhanAllah. And of course, he was giving credit to Saman for he would search for truth no matter how far it was. He was going to find it. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, loved that about him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who knows our struggles and how hard it is, you know, to, to help us to find that courage and that love and that energy to go as far and as consistent as we can to reach our own truth and um, 
closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know, I think one of the greatest lessons that you learn from the story, other than just how absolutely beautiful it is, is like, subhanAllah, you know, so many of us were striving and our journey has a lot of buts. You know, we have some serious stories to tell. I know my journey it just felt like one layer of fire after another. And subhanAllah, Allahu Akbar, no matter what happened, it just felt like, gosh, maybe I should give up now. But I just said, no, I got to keep going. Until I came to the place where like was way beyond whatever I asked Allah for help with. And as you can see with Salman, subhanAllah, Allahu Akbar, he went through so many situations. He traveled far, far, far. And at the end, he could have given up midway in any of those, not realizing he was going to give up. Not only just meeting the Prophet, peace be upon him, but being one of his most beloved companions. Can you imagine? Can you imagine giving up midway, going, oh, this must not be worth it. It's, you know, all these things keep happening. And as you notice, he endured so much with so much patience and so much desire for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until he felt like he found that truth. I wonder if all of us, we are having this same passion, this same desire. I know for me, the story really was just one of my most favorite stories and one of the ones that touched my heart so much because that's what I was going through at the time when I heard the story and, and it resonated with me so much. And it actually gave me the strength to keep going because at the end of that struggle was an incredibly beautiful promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. While we will not be able to have the same ending of Salman in terms of meeting the Prophet peace be upon him in this lifetime, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us each of us to meet him in the next Amin But I want to tell you the lesson here, sisters, is that, and I hope it motivates you the same, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best keeper of promises. When you ask for something, Allah gives you an incredible return beyond measure, beyond what you could imagine. But only if you continue to strive and not give up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us. I will see you all in the next one. And if you enjoy kind of what we teach here on the podcast and what we share, um, you're more than welcome to check out our website where we have tons of more free resources, www.mindful-muslima.com, M-U-S-L-A-M-A-H.com. We have tons of free classes, free downloadable eBooks and PDFs, and just a plethora of things you can even get a try at the Thrive Sisterhood for free. So alhamdulillah, I will talk to you all in the next one. Thank you so much. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for every moment you spent in search of knowledge. And I will see you in the next. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.